welcome to Activates Podcast. My name is Ambria, and we exist to activate the love of the Father in the hearts of today's generation, to mentor and disciple them to love God and love people. I hope you enjoy today's message. So I'm so glad that you are here. And at this time, we've been going through a series called Extra, um, being that second mile or going the extra mile. And so uh, I'm not sharing the word today, so I'm, but I'm so thankful um, and looking forward to hear from our very own minister, Nina Maldonado, who's going to be able to share the word with us today. Guys, can we give it up for Jesus, though? Like, can we give it up? Can we be extra? Can we be extra? Give it up for Jesus this morning. Come on. Come on. Jesus. Jesus, you are glorious, you're magnificent. Oh, come on, keep lifting it up with me. Come on. You're glorious, you're magnificent, you're wonderful. You are matchless. God, you're extravagant. You're outrageous. You're exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond what I could ever ask or imagine. Oh, Jesus, you're good. You're good, you're good. So, um, typically... um, well, first, I just want to say thank you, Pastor Rosette. Um, thank you for posturing yourself to hear from, from God what the Spirit of the Lord wants to say to his church. Um, because these past few series, not just this series, but these past few series have been on point for me personally. I mean, I'm sitting back there half the time, and I'm like, you better go ahead. <laughs> it's, <laughs> um, it's, it's transformational what God's doing in this place. And today I really felt like there was just breakthrough in that time of worship. Just breakthrough. Breakthrough, breakthrough from discouragement. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. And I know this has been work. You know, we've seen the signs. We're all in this together, right? However, some of us have felt very alone. Hasn't felt like I'm in this together with anybody. It feels like I'm in this just by myself. And so, for those of us, whether you're here, whether you're online, and you've just been feeling like lonely and brokenhearted in this time, you're not alone. Loneliness is a lie. We've got Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us. So you're not alone in this season. You haven't been alone. Thank you, Pastor. And for those who have shared as well, just thank you. Thank you for not just talking a talk, but walking a walk. Um, It truly is an honor to be a co-laborer in this house. And um, I know I'm not the only way that feels that, the only person that feels that way. So, guys, I've got five pages of notes here. I'm a little old school with it. I got highlights. I got written stuff. I'm a little old school with it. Um, However, there's something that's really burning in my heart. So I may not share all of this today. However, if you want the notes, I'll email them to you. (laughs) It's not my message. It's what I really believe that the Lord wants to share and minister to us today. So let's pray together. Yeah. 
Father, we just come before you now, Lord. I come before you. We come together, Lord. And Lord, I just present my heart to you. God, fill it with everything that it needs at this moment. Fill it with your love. Fill it with your compassion. Fill me, God. Fill us, Lord, today, here and now, with your grace, your compassion, your love. God, give us thoughts that will renew our mind according to your word. Give us truth that will renew our mind according to your word. Give us a will, Lord, that is moldable, malleable, shapeable, soft, tender, surrendered, so that we may obey you. And God, may it be that with all of our being, with all that we are, with all of our mind, our soul, our strength, we would desire nothing more than to love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, we've got, so, okay, let me backtrack. So, we did, backtrack, like I got so far. We just got started, sorry. Okay, so, with our, um, with our youth, we've been doing, uh, at Teen Haven, we've been doing these creative classes, right? And they've been pretty fun. My favorite class so far has been the writing and there's, there was an exercise that we did in the writing class that, for those of you who are here, you know, you know what I'm about to say. You took a word, and you made that word, using other words, made that word extra. Like, how do you take this word and make it more this word, right? So we're going to do that together. I need your cooperation, y'all. Okay, I know we got masks on. It's okay, but we, I need your cooperation. Turn the volume up. All right. Not on me, on y'all. Okay, anyway, so a word is going to pop up on the screen. I'm going to say the word, and then you guys are going to go, and you're going to just just shout it out. Words that make that word extra, okay? So the first word, we're going to start real easy, cold. <laughs> cold, freezing, brick, frigid. Oh, that's a good one. Zero. <laughs> Negative. Below zero. All right. Good job. Good job. Um, the next word is hot. Extremely. Fahrenheit. Huh? Lily, what'd you say? Solomon? Summer. Sorry. Yes. It's summer hot. Okay. Anybody else? Sun. Fire. Yes. Blazing. Scorching, excruciating, or ex <laughs> awesome. All right, y'all are getting the hang of this. All right, the next word is small, tiny, minuscule. Beca you can't say the same thing in Spanish. It doesn't count. It's just <laughs> any other words? Insignificant. Wow. Oh, we're getting deep. Wow, that was real emotional. Holy Moses. <laughs> All right, next one, large, big, huge, enormous. What'd you say, Kiki? Huge, ginormous, magnanimous, gigantic. Oh, wow, you guys are good at this. All right, the next word is nice. Oops, sorry, sorry, angry. The next word is angry. Not nice, right? What else? Huh? 
hot-headed, ooh, furious. What else? Bad, bad, just all bad. All right, the next word is nice. Super kind. Huh? Tranquil. Oh, that's nice. Pastor. <laughs> that's good. All right, the next one. Sad. Oh gosh, we're gonna let's let's skip that one actually. Let's let's go let's go to joy. We're gonna go to joy. Joyful. Jubilant. Excited. Joyous. Happy. Overflowing. Those are good. Oh, you guys are really okay. Now now that y'all got the like for real, for real hang of this, right? Our last word. You got to make this extra, okay? The last word is extra. How do you make extra, extra? Extraordinary, extravagant. What else? Extreme, more than whatever it was. Yeah. Bigger, over, superfluous. Can you spell that for me, sir? No, just kidding. <laughs> Overflowing, extreme, abundant. All these are good words. All you Christians are like really digging into your little Christian vocabulary book. Awesome. <laughs> Pastor. <laughs> oh, good job. Good job, y'all. So thank you for co thank you for cooperating. Give yourselves a round of applause there. Yeah. <laughs> so as I was kind of preparing for today, I'm like, Lord, how do you take this concept of extra? Like, how do we take this word alone and, like, how do you make extra extra? Like, it's already extra. How do you extrafy extra? <laughs> and, and that's the word that the Lord gave me was extravagant. Extravagant. You know, when I think of extravagant, um, I, think, I think of a few things. Um, one of the things I think of are like bedazzled notebooks. I don't know why, but it's so extra, like extravagant. Like you don't really need all them on. You don't need all them rhinestones on a notebook. You're just going to school. Well, maybe we're not going to school now. But anyway, like <laughs> so extra. When I think of it, another thing I think of when I think of extravagance, I really think of creation. I think of I think of the universe actually. So it's said that like the universe is expanding. I don't know if it's expanding or it's just that we're discovering more and more as like technology gets better. I don't know what it is. However, I when I think of extravagance, I think of those things. Um but how do and we can look around us and we see extravagance all the time. Like, really? Like, okay, back to the universe thing. Do you know how many galaxies we have? I'm going to tell you. Because it's real extra. We have, let me make sure I get the number. Because I don't even know how to, like, write this. I don't know how many zeros this requires. We have two trillion galaxies in the universe. We live in the Milky Way, right? We live in one. We have two trillion. 
It is estimated that in all of those two trillion, I don't even know how many zeros is for this. There are 700,000 quintillion planets. Like, who really needs that? Like, why do we need that many? Why are there that many planets? We have about seven. No, sorry. We have about one billion stars in our galaxy alone. Not one billion. Sorry. 100 billion stars in our galaxy alone. That's a little extreme. It's a little extravagant. Let's look at the definition for extravagant, though. Extravagant is defined. I looked up a few different things, and it says exceeding the limits of reason or necessity. We really, I really don't think we need 700,000 quintillion planets, but they exist. Exceeding the limits of reason or necessity, lacking moderation, balance, restraint, excessive, immoderate, extreme, wasteful. In the original Latin, which is extravagati, it means to wander outside or beyond. What says galaxy more than that? I don't know. Other than God. <laughs> Other than God. And when we look at, when, when we think about God, like when we think about extravagance, there's no way that you can talk about being extravagant or extravagant things without talking about Jesus. It's impossible. He is the forerunner. He's the first example that we have of what extravagance really is. I'm going to read some scriptures to you. Colossians 1, 6, 15 and 16 says this. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and he was supreme over all creation. And through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Say, God is extravagant. Hebrews 2.10 says this. For now he, he, as in Jesus, towers over all creation, for all things exist through him and for him, and that God made him pioneer of our salvation, perfect through his suffering, for this is how he brings many sons and daughters to share in his glory. He is extravagant. I think about those stars. I think about everything that's created. I think about like how God, how extravagant God is. And 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 I wrote down a whole bunch of facts about how many species of reptiles there are and insects and all kinds of stuff about creation, the highest points on the planet and 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 and, and man, it's just to demonstrate. I'm not gonna go over it all of it because. It's already 11 o'clock. But I will say this, that all of it points to the extravagance of our creator. And maybe you're not a creationist. If you're a Christian, you believe that God created everything. And if you struggle with that, that's okay. Bear with me. Because you can't tell me that we have 700,000 quintillion planets in the universe and that that wasn't by somebody's design. 
Like we can't. So God is extravagant, y'all. So I think about the stars and I'm like, who needs a hundred bi- billion stars in the universe? Like, why is that even a thing? And then I read this. Genesis 15, 5. Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's now, that's how many descendants you will have. I read that and then it makes sense that there's all these quintillions and billions and whatever thousands of stars in the sky. It makes sense now. Because God's covenant promise to Abraham is still in effect. You know, they're discovering stars as they go. Like as time progresses, we're still discovering stars. We're still discovering the universe, the galaxy. And so the promise that God made to Abraham, I don't know how many thousands of years ago, is still being activated in the the skies today. When we look up at the stars, the stars are a prophetic declaration that there is still salvation, that there is still the ability to walk by faith and not by sight, that there's still a founder of our faith, that the I am is still for us. Like, the stars declare it. God is extravagant. Listen, don't, be, don't, don't give up believing in the promise of God for your life. Can I tell you that? Don't give up believing. Abraham was, he was an old head when this happened, okay? He wasn't a young boy. When God pointed, when God said, count the stars if you can. He was young. I mean, he was old, not young. And he's like, but what am I supposed to do? Like, how, like, you don't, I haven't even had a son yet. I haven't had no kids. He was like 70 or something, 75 at this time. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But he was old already. He's like, God, I'm dry. Like, how are you going to keep this promise? I'm dried up. (laughs) I'm old. Don't give up believing in the promises of God for your life. Because the promise came to pass. The promise is still coming to pass, y'all. The promise is still coming to pass. You and I are evidence here today. The promise is still coming to pass. Isaiah 45, 19 says this. I publicly proclaim bold promises. I do not whisper obscurities in some dark corner. I would not have told the people of Israel to seek me if I could not be found. I, the Lord, speak only what is true and declare what is right. God makes extravagant promises bold. He doesn't, he's not standing up there like, hmm, maybe, maybe if you're really good, then. That's not God's heart. That's not God's heart. He's not a, maybe if you're really good, then I'll forgive you. Maybe if you're really good, then I'll give you a gift. Maybe if you're really good, then this, then. That's not our God. He's extravagant. He's so extravagant that he sent his very own son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross that we deserve, that I deserve. That's how extravagant my God is. He's extravagant in love. He's extravagant in grace. He's extravagant in forgiveness. 
Joshua 21:45 says, not one of the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every single one was fulfilled. Don't stop believing the promises of God over your life. Don't stop declaring the promises of God over your life, over your family, over your community. Don't stop because the promise is still activated. Abraham didn't get to see it all. Abraham didn't see this. Well, maybe he does. He's, you know, in the cloud of witnesses. Maybe he does see it now. And he's like, whoa, what my one yes did. What God did with one man's yes. What God did with Jesus' yes, he brought many sons to glory. He's extravagant, y'all. But extravagance comes with a cost. That's what makes it extravagant. Extravagance comes with a cost. Armani made the most amazing pecan pie I ever had in my life. Okay? My taste buds were like, extravagant. I love this. I could have ate it in a week, but I still had some left over a little bit. This is just a side note. This is a bonus, y'all. You ever think about the fact that you actually can taste food and how extra that is? You don't need to taste food to survive. Ask people that had COVID and couldn't have and didn't have taste buds. They ate. They didn't taste anything, but they ate. They survived. It's a little extra that we get to actually eat food and be able to taste it and enjoy it. There'd be a lot of people without a job if that wasn't a thing. So that was a bonus. Extravagance comes at a cost. It costs Armani to make those pies. But they were good. They were worth it. Around the holiday season, what would it look like if I invited y'all to my house for Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, or something like that? And what you find is a buffet of microwavable foods. What would you say? Dasani, would you stay? Hot Pockets. Okay, as long as Hot Pockets are on the menu, she's staying. You know, typically, you invite somebody over to your house, and you kind of, you're like, you want to go all out for them, right? Like, you just want to do the most. You want to make, listen, when I have Thanksgiving Eve at my house, I'm telling you, I will cook. I spend two days cooking because I don't want to run out of food. It has to be. It has to be good. The cream corn got to be good just for Jemiah. Like, it got to be good. The, the turkey cannot be dry because Puerto Ricans don't like turkey. And if it's dry, then they're really not eating your turkey. <laughs> and so, like, it's extravagant. I'm not going to invite you to my house and then give you microwavable food. Like, that doesn't even make sense. I invite you to my house. I'm going to feed you. 
I'm going to order some pie from Armani, and I'm going to make meats and potatoes and all kinds of food. I'm going to make it extravagant for you. I'm going to go extra for you because you're a guest in my house. Comes with a cost because y'all know food ain't cheap no more. I used to be able to do groceries with pennies. Like, it's not cheap no more. God bless Costco. All right. Extravagance comes with a cost. It doesn't just come with a cost of, of finance, but it comes with a cost of time. Extravagance will cost you. It'll cost you financially. It'll cost you in your time. It'll cost you convenience. It will cost you comfort. It'll cost you reputation. I'll tell you why. I'll show you why. In Luke chapter 7, this is one of my favorite stories. Luke chapter 7, we're going to read 36 to 48. And... That one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him, him as in Jesus. One of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him, and he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And a woman in the town who was a sinner found out that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of fragrant oil and stood behind him at his feet, weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with the hair of her head, kissing them and anointing them with the fragrant oil. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, this man, if he was a prophet, would know who and what kind of woman it is. this is who is touching him. She's a sinner. And Jesus replied to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he said, say it. A creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and another 50. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So, which of them, them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose... You ever hear that? Like, you know you just got caught. You know you just got beat. Like, dang it, I'm not going to have a good clap back for this. So you're just like, well, I suppose. Another translation says, I guess. Like, you're a smart dude, okay? You're supposed to be a smart dude. You're a Pharisee. Get it together, I suppose. I guess. I suppose the one he forgave more. You have judged correctly, he told him. And then turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But she, with her tears, has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. 
You didn't anoint my head with olive oil, but she has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. And that's why she loved much. But the one who's forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Imagine this. So back in these days, and they're culturally, right? Because I always used to think, like, how was she behind his feet? Like, she was on the floor with her head under the chair? Like, how, like, how does that work, right? I didn't know. I had to study it. So back in these days, culturally, like, the way that they're set up was is that they, they served meals. This is just how it was, right? We have high tables. Some people have higher tables, like, whatever. They had these low tables to the ground, and they would lay either on pallets or, like, on these, like, benches, sort of. They were, like, couches without the backs to them. Like, it was like a bench, like something you sit on. And they would literally, like, it's like the lazy, like, I think of it as the laziest way of ever eating anything. So they would lay on their side and, like, with one hand be reaching over the table and eating with one hand. And they would lay and recline, like, chill like this, right? It was cultural. Like, that's just what they did, all right? So if you didn't know that before, now you know why she has such easy access to his feet, all right? His feet were not under the chair somewhere. <laughs> his feet were up, on, up beside him on a couch or a bench, whatever it was, right? Simon, and also back in this time, it was customary. Like, if you were, if you were a person of some importance— and a teacher or a prophet or somebody like a, a, a some kind of like religious spiritual leader came into your area. It was the norm for you to invite them over your house. Like and if they said yes, you were it was an honor for you. Right. So Simon, being a Pharisee, being a religious teacher in that in that area, um, he invites Jesus over. Jesus agrees. Jesus comes to his house. And basic hospitality, like, customs of that time were that you would offer a guest coming into your home. Uh, they lived in a, like, the area is very dry. It's dry ground. It's dry soil. It's kind of deserty sometimes. And so there's a lot of dust, right? So it was just... It was just courtesy. It was hospitality, just the basics of hospitality that you would offer them um, water to wash their feet. And that you would, like, just being friendly. Like, some of us understand this. Hispanics, we kiss each other all the time. COVID is such a struggle for us because we just want to hug and kiss everybody. But, like, we get it because you, when, when somebody welcome, comes into your home, you welcome them with a kiss. You give them something to wash their feet, and then you give them oil, the oil, the olive oil. They would add um, herbs and stuff to it, so it would be like a scented oil, and it would, it would just kind of refresh you, you know? It's kind of like the way we use lotion or cocoa butter. You use it to cook. You use it for your ashy elbows, like you just <laughs> for your hair sometimes. Like, that's what olive oil was to them. And so when he walked in the door, Simon invited Jesus in, but showed him no honor. I think of this, and I was like, man, Lord, how many times have I done that? 
I've invited you in. And yet, I didn't honor you when you came. I prayed about this, and I prayed about it for so long, and, and then I didn't even notice when the miracle came. I didn't even honor you. I prayed for this job. I get a paycheck now. It's steady. It's consistent. And the times I don't even honor you with tithe and offering. The times that I come into, into a space like this where we're pursuing the presence of God all together. You know how to make extra really, really extra? You do it together. You be extra together. Everybody brings their extra. That's what happened at Blessings on Palm Street. Everybody brought their extra, and we made it extravagant for a whole community. Literally, listen, I was Simon that night for a moment. I won't lie. And I, I had to repent. There was a moment where there's this guy walking up the street. We're just huddled to pray. Everybody gets together. We're in the middle of the street, and we're about to pray and get the party started, right? And, um, and I can hear, we're kind of, well, a lot of us, we hear like this yelling, anger, you know, all the four-letter words. And um, we look down the street, and there's this guy coming up the street with someone, and he is, he's not angry. He's livid, all right? He's, he is mad. Um, he got a, I thought it was a cane in his hand here. It was a golf club, I found out. And he's like, I'm going to kill her. He's just going off, right? I go, I stand beside a neighbor who was alone and who was closer to the direction that he was coming to. So I go stand beside my neighbor, continue to pray. And he comes straight through the line. And he's like, move over, move over. And he's upset. You know what? I prayed. I was, you know, I did the good Christian thing. And then I said these words. That later on I was like, Lord, I was just a whole Pharisee. I was like, and it sounds, it sounds real spiritual though. I said, man, the devil loves attention. The devil loves attention. He's coming trying to disrupt this stuff. We're staying focused. We're trying to do this for the community and for Jesus. And, I, and the devil loves attention. Mm-mm. Seconds later, one of the pastors on our block, I hear her. I hear him saying, I don't want to talk to anybody. And I look up the street, and Pastor Carmen is talking to him. Knock it off. She's great, yo. She's like, stop it. Stop it. You want these streets to take you? I mean, she just starts going in. And I was like, was a whole Pharisee in this moment, sounding all super spiritual, but really what we needed, what that man needed was somebody to go after him, not just somebody to step to the side. He needed someone that would go after him, not just someone to step to the side. He needed someone to be extravagant, not just someone to step to the side. I mean, I wasn't going after him, but I didn't have to be all extra with the, you know. I had to repent, y'all. 
because it sounds real spiritual. That's what Simon's doing. He's doing the thing that seems so spiritual. He's doing the thing. Let's invite the rabbi over to the house. Let's see if this, if this rabbi is really a prophet. Because then he goes on to say, if this, if this man were really a prophet, he would know who's touching him, that she's a sinner. So really, I don't know, maybe he was curious. Maybe he was just trying to do like the customary kind of thing. But he invites Jesus in. However, he doesn't honor him. Let's not be like Simon. Let's not invite Jesus into a situation. Let's not do things that seem so Christian and so godly. That's been my prayer since that moment. Like, Lord, I don't just want to say this stuff. I don't want to just, I don't want to live this. I want to live this. I want to really, really, really live this. I want to live an extravagant life. It's what you paid for. This woman comes in. Now, again, back to the scene. Picture this. They're all reclining at this low table. Another thing that was customary for this time. I'm telling y'all this so you can understand and get a visual, right? Another thing that was customary for this time is that when you did invite a, a, a speaker, um, sorry, a teacher, a rabbi, a spiritual leader, um, into your home, then it was assumed that people who were not typically invited, like they would get to come as well. Like they had permission. And what would happen was that they would listen. They're not invited to the table to eat, but they were invited to the surroundings to listen to what the prophet or the teacher was saying and sharing, to listen to the wisdom of the sage or to listen to the, 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 the teachings of the rabbi, right? And so people who were not particularly invited for the meal were invited, were given access and permission to come and just kind of listen around, right? Because I always wonder, like, if he don't like prostitutes, like, why is she in his house? Good to study your Bible. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, that makes more sense. Why? Because back they didn't have social media back then. It wasn't like you take a picture and put a post or do a vlog or, like, it was, like, they didn't even have TV. Like, so you had to go to where the prophet was if you wanted to hear a teaching. You had to go where the rabbi was. And so people were given permission. They were given access. And so this woman is there. This woman who has the reputation at this point of, of being a sinful woman. She comes up and she has this, this alabaster flask, expensive perfume. I think it was premeditated. I think she heard about this. She's Well, the Bible says it, actually. She heard about it. She heard that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house. And she's like, I got to get there. Where's my flask? What, what can I give? What can I do? I've heard of Jesus. I've heard of this man that sets captives free, that delivers, that brings deliverance and healing. I've heard of this man that brings salvation, that preaches good news. I've heard of this man who makes the blind see and who makes the deaf hear. I've heard of this man, and I want to see this man. I want to see this man, but I can't just see him. I can't just go, like, I can't go empty-handed. I want to 
I understand there's something that she got before the Pharisees and anybody else ever got. She got that this God, this, this Jesus is extravagant. He's extravagant. No one that ever came to Jesus asking for healing walked away unhealed. Look for it. No one. From the lepers to the blind man to the lame, I've heard of this Jesus. Maybe she was friends with the woman who, um, with the issue of blood. Maybe she was friends with her. She's like, yo, you got to go see Jesus. Because I went to go see Jesus. Maybe not. Okay, forget it. So at any rate, like, she understands something that we miss. She understood that there is this man here. There's this, could he be the Messiah? Could he be the Messiah? Could he be the one that was sent to save me, to truly, truly save me, to truly, truly heal me, deliver me? Could he be the one that if I take my most expensive possession, my most extravagant thing, this thing that's probably the most clean, the only clean thing in my life, my life, my filthy, sinful life, this thing, this one thing that is probably the only clean, the only pure, untouched thing. Could it be that if I take this thing and I break it at his feet, then my broken life, my filthy life will become clean and whole? Could it be that if I do that, that that's what Jesus would do for me? Can you imagine how many tears, how much you actually have to weep to wash somebody's feet with tears? Dusty feet. Like, it's not just like line, you know, like you get the dust, you get the little lines. Like, we, he, she washed his feet with her tears, dried them with her hair. Homegirls breaking all the rules because back then women weren't supposed to have her, their hair out. The extravagance of it. I don't care what I have to do. I have to get to him. I have to get to him. I've heard of him. I know that there's salvation in his name. I know that he's, there's healing in his name. I know there's deliverance in his name. I know there's hope. I know there's hope. I know there's joy. I know there's a new life. There's a new life in him. I got to get to him. I got to get to Jesus. And I'll break all the rules if I have to. I'll break all the religious rules, all the, all the customs. I'll, I'll break all the rules if, I, if it'll just get me to Jesus. And she breaks. She doesn't just pour it out. She breaks it. We were talking yesterday, and, and when you pour something, you do have a measure of, like, you can determine how fast you pour, how much you pour. But her extravagance response to his extravagant love and forgiveness was, no, I can't even pour it. I just got to break it. I just got to break it and let it flow. No more control over my own life. Jesus, you can have it all. Maybe by giving him this, I'll be made clean and pure again. Maybe by offering him this,
bless you. Extravagance comes at a cost, church. You know that it's only on this side of eternity that we get to worship God through our pain and through our suffering. It's only on this side that we actually get to offer God a sacrifice of praise. If you, if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you step into the other side of eternity, he will wipe every tear from your eye. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more mourning. There will be no, there's no more pain on the other side. So when we offer him our praise on the other side, it's not coming from a place of suffering. It's not coming from a place of pain. It's not coming from a place of having gone through difficult things, having to endure, having to persevere, having to be extravagant, having to go the extra mile when you didn't want to. Because on that side, everything's perfect. It's on this side that we actually get to offer Jesus a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice, a real sacrifice. Hebrews 12 in, in the message, it says, offer yourself, give your, lay your life down as a living sacrifice. It's the least you could do for everything that he's done for you. Simple. It's the least you could do. It's the least. Like the least. It's not even the most. It's the least. So what makes, what marks extravagance is the cost that's paid for it, right? Romans 5, 5 to 8 says this. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us. Because God's love has been God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. While we were still helpless, powerless to provide our own for our salvation, at the right time, Christ Jesus died as a substitute for the ungodly. Now in this extraordinary thing, for one Sorry, now it is an extraordinary thing for one to willingly give his life for an upright man. Though perhaps for a good man, one who was noble and selfless and worthy, someone might even dare to die. But God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. It's extravagant. God is extravagant. We have an extravagant Savior. We have an extravagant God. And what we see in Luke chapter 7 is a woman who's responding with extravagance to the extravagance of God. We can't give God anything that he hasn't first given us. He served us. He loved us. He, he, he forgave us. We can't give him or anybody else anything that he hasn't first already given us. I find it interesting that when I was, um, here's this. I'm going to close with this thing here soon. Sorry. I'm going to close with this. Not soon. I'm going to close with this, guys. No. 
when when you recognize the extravagant love of God, the extravagant forgiveness of God, it'll make you an extravagant person. It makes you extravagant. Like, it's the only appropriate response. To God's extravagant love, the only appropriate response is our extravagant worship. It's the only thing that makes sense. When we truly recognize, when we truly see, when we encounter the extravagant love of Jesus, it cost him. It cost him. Extravagance cost him, and yet he held nothing back. I had somebody ask me one time, why? Why would you worship a God? Like, why would you believe in a God who sacrifices his son? Like, that don't even make sense. I don't want to serve a God like that. What if he, what if, what if I'm next on the chopping block? I thought that was interesting. I thought that was an interesting statement to think. Because we know that nobody, none of us, no parent in this place would ever do that. And if we hear about somebody doing that, we're like, that is horrific. I know, like, when I read things about certain injustices, like, I literally, like, inwardly, I convulse. Or I get rage. So I thought it was interesting that he said that. And it made me think of, well, I guess... I guess if you're guilty, I guess, I guess if you know that death is the end, then, yeah, maybe you wouldn't give your son for humanity, your perfect, blameless son for humanity. Maybe, maybe it doesn't make sense then. But here's the beauty of God's extravagant love. Jesus, God didn't just extravagantly give his son his son also led and gave his extravagant life. No one took Jesus' life from him. He laid it down. He laid it down willingly. And while he did suffer, I believe it's because he knew that death wasn't the end. He knew that he would resurrect, that he would rise again. And in rising again, it was worth the cost because in his resurrection, in his death and resurrection, then he brings many sons into glory. Hebrews 2.10. So it was worth the cost. It was a cost. It was an extravagant cost, but it was so worth it. Because death is defeated, sin is conquered, and we have the power and the ability to rise to life, not death, not curses, but to blessing and life and forgiveness and healing. God is extravagant. And the only appropriate response to such an extravagant God is extravagant worship. It's the least that we could do. And that's what this woman demonstrated. Everything that the religious and fancy guy failed to do, she did and more. And so I don't know about you tonight, today, it looks like nighttime in here. I don't know about you today. 
I don't know where your heart is at. I don't know what discouragement has been weighing you down. I don't know what shame has been weighing you down. But let me tell you, I don't recognize the girl that I used to be before Jesus. I don't recognize her. I know her. Oh, I know her. But I don't recognize her anymore because this girl right here has encountered an extravagant, loving, and over, over the top God. And he's changed me. I'm not her anymore. So when the memories and the stuff comes back to my mind of like, dang, I can't believe, I'm not her anymore. And you don't have to wait to the new year to be a new you. Because new year, we're still going to be wearing masks and still have to social distance, okay? This is going to feel a lot like the same year. If you want a new you, Jesus is here today, right now. And he'll make you a new you. He'll make you not even a new you. He'll make you an extravagant you. He'll make you better. He'll make you better than the old you. You won't even recognize the old you anymore. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus did for this woman. Her reputation, she walked in there. She was a sinful woman. Her reputation, when she walked out, she was the forgiven woman. She was the woman that was saved by faith. He said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. She's not tormented anymore by the demons of her past. She's not tormented anymore. Sin has been conquered in her life. Sin has been conquered. And so today, I don't know where you're at. But I know that the one thing that is required of you to be extravagant, to have this extravagant response to this extravagant God is yes. So simple. Not always easy, but so simple. One thing is required is yes. We are saved by faith, not by works. She was already saved when she walked in there. She knew something happened inside of her. She didn't do it so she could be saved. She didn't do it so she could be forgiven. She did it out of an expression of her love because she was saved, because she was forgiven. She expressed this extravagant love. Because those who are forgiven much love much. And so today, feels like I'm closing. I am <laughs> today if you gave your yes to Jesus but you haven't really been committed to it you haven't really been committed to him today you can start again because he's not whispering He's boldly proclaiming, come to me. Come, 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 come. You're weary, you're heavy laden, you're burdened, you're discouraged, you're thirsty, you're hungry, you're tired. Come, come, come. You're broken, come. You're broke, come. You're hurting, come. You feel shame, you feel regret, come. 
don't wait. Don't wait. Whether you're here in this room or whether you're online, don't wait another day. Don't wait. I implore you. I encourage you. Like, don't wait another day. Give him your yes, and you will watch and see what the extravagant things that he will do through your yes. He will do it. You don't have to do it. You got to stay committed. You got to cooperate. You got to cooperate like the gate. He cooperated. You got to cooperate with the Spirit of God. If you haven't given Jesus your yes, your yes, your yes, not just with your lips, but your yes with your heart, it'll change everything. It'll change everything. Kiki, it'll change everything. It changes everything. Don't let me kick you. It changes everything. So I want to give an opportunity for us to offer our yes to the Lord again. There are moments in life where I'm like, yes, I can do this. I'm all in for Jesus. And when I look at the Bible, let's be honest, when I look at the scriptures, it was extravagant. This, this, this life of, of relationship with Jesus and Christianity, this is a call to an extravagant life. It is. Paul says, my life is not my own. This life that I now live in the flesh, I live through the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't belong to me. I don't belong to this side of eternity. I belong to the other side of eternity. I belong to a kingdom. I belong to an extravagant Savior. Paul says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. What? That's extravagant. That's extreme. And Jesus says, if you really want to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. So there's a cost to this yes. But the reward of the cost, it's extravagant. The reward of the cost is, is this, is that God himself, back to, to Genesis chapter 15, God himself becomes your exceedingly great reward. God himself becomes our reward, y'all. That's the cost. That's the, that. There is a cost to this, yes. There's a cost to this extravagant life. But oh man, the reward that I get, the extravagant reward that I get to walk into, Jesus himself, God himself becomes my reward. Nothing on this earth, nothing on this side of eternity can cap that. Nothing. And so I want to give you the opportunity to give your yes to Jesus today. He will wipe every tear from your eye. He will mend your heart. He'll save you. He'll rescue you. He'll transform you. He'll turn you around. Jesus. We come before you, Lord. And if we can we all just say this together? Whether you've given your yes to him already or not, or today's your first time, or today you're just gonna, gonna reactivate that extravagant yes. Let's go before the Lord and let's pray this together. Jesus, I give you my yes. 
Make it extravagant. Make my yes a legacy yes, a generational yes, a yes that, that brings transformation, a yes that brings healing, a yes that brings deliverance, a yes that brings the good news all the days of my life for your glory and for your honor, Jesus. I give you my yes. Now give me an extravagant life, Lord, for the glory of your name. Amen. 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 Can we give the Lord a round of applause today? Can we give him a, a shout of praise today? Can we get extravagant with it today? Can we be extravagant? Oh, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we're so thankful. Jesus, we adore you. God, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you, God. Oh, Jesus. For those of you that joined us online today, I just want to thank you uh, for spending your morning with us and, um, and for pursuing God this morning. Wherever you're at, from your home, whoever you're with, just for pursuing him. Know that even if you're alone watching today, you're not really alone. He is with you always. He is Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's God with you. So thank you so much for joining us this morning. God bless you. Happy New Year. Hi, my name is Lashana. Um, today, Miss Nina continued the extra series and showed us how God is extra in his love for us and how we can be extra in our love towards other people. Um, God is extra in his kindness and his mercy and his grace. And um, I hope that challenges us to be extra in the ways that we can show kindness and mercy and grace towards others. Um, we hope to see you with us next week in person or online at 10 a.m.